Yo, listen up. I've got an incredible event coming up in Bandera, Texas, Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th at Sovereignty Ranch. It's called Confluence, and it takes place during the Ring of Fire eclipse. This eclipse carries the frequency of love, harmony, connection, and balance. And let me tell you, when we all join together in community under this eclipse, we create the foundation for a massive shift. So come hang out. I'll be live podcasting with some other amazing speakers and friends like Kelly Brogan, Andrew Kaufman, Mickey Willis, Alex Zek, Amanda Vollmer, and Shiva Rose, amongst many others. So come get down with us as we shatter the illusion of authority, learn the true energetics of regenerative food, harness the healing power of holistic remedies, foundational skills, and of course, high vibes. Get your tickets and more info at confluence2023.com. And use the code STORY10 for 10% off the entry fee. And this discount is for tickets only, so it excludes glamping, camping, food packages, and so on. Again, that's confluence2023.com. And again, the date is Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. I'll see you there. Samuel's here, Dr. Samuel Lee, and he's going to start us off with something of unknown origin. I just suggested we just kind of tune in and get settled before we record. And he said, hey, can I do a little something? And I said, well, if I can put it on mic, yeah. Amazing. So well, here we go. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm just going to set the frequency with a few words here. I like to do this before ceremony just to kind of set the frequency. So closing the eyes and focusing on by the love of original eternal source consciousness field. We have come, we have come, we are here, we are here. So setting a barrier now on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual plane around this podcast and all dimensions and timelines of the frequency, the most powerful force in the world of unconditional love. We invite those beings of unconditional love to join us now. All their beings, please, we ask you to exit now. By the truth of original eternal source consciousness field, we stand. So we invite in today the truth for the truth will set us free and we are free indeed. And all the soul wants is to be free. So may our words and our throat chakras reflect truth and may souls be liberated through the truth of who we really are. By the power of original eternal source consciousness field, we fly, metamorphosize, spread your wings, angels, time to fly, caterpillar to a butterfly. We are powerful, made in the image and likeness of almighty living God's source, a unique oscillatory, vibratory reflection of source. So we give ourselves permission now to step into our power, unapologetically unconditioned a unique oscillatory vibratory reflection of source for such an important inflection point in humanity's history. Mother Earth is calling out for men and women to step into their power. By the grace of original eternal source consciousness field, I now sanctify and renew this podcast, uh, this brotherhood, uh, this conversation as under the divine protector of the original eternal life, founders, races, Melchizedek, the cloister, and my daughter, and just invoking now the higher self of myself and Luke and everybody listening to this podcast, uh, the inner Christ, the avatar, for the highest good, joy, and abundance and freedom for all of humanity and Mother Earth. We give gratitude in advance. Thy kingdom, queendom is now coming. Thy will is now being done 
on earth as it is in the highest heavens. Taisha into doi, taisha into doi, taisha into doi, spoken as it is stated now, and so it is done. Ashir Christ, around us now. I would like you yeah. to be my co-producer and yeah. come say that prayer every yeah. time I record. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah. I sit down, I turn on the mics, and I just start going, and then I realize like I haven't land, I haven't landed and grounded before I start a conversation. So it's taken me a few years to habituate myself to remember to do that. But it's always nice when there's help. Yeah, man, I appreciate you allowing me to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my pleasure. I started. Uh, having mild flashbacks to our our recent experience, which we'll we'll talk about momentarily, but it really took me back there. It's right after you uh, uttered that prayer, one very similar to it. I was woof off to the races. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I say setting the frequency, um, because in my spiritual path, what I've learned is like all my life is a ceremony. And, you know, I used to think that was like, you know, like a serious thing, but it's not. It's a joyful, playful ceremony. And to set the frequency in my intention, which is a magnetic frequency, which is literally attracting into me everything that I intend. So, like, I always like to, before I go into any type of conversation or podcast or ceremony, just to set the frequency. Yeah. Well done. I appreciate it. Yeah. Enjoy, man. Yeah. So, there's so many things I want to learn about you. Uh, you being a Korean dude from Seattle, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. L.A. and Seattle. L.A. and Seattle. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, we, we know each other a bit. We've spent some time now, but I don't have a lot of your backstory. You know, just picturing this kid uh, growing up on the West Coast who now is what I perceive to be, based on my experience with you, really a mystic. And a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. You're a multifaceted guy, so I'm really excited to learn more about you. Uh, I think the first time we met was at Alive and Well. That's right. Yeah, here yeah. down the road with John Laurence. I think that's who introduced us. Yep. And, and Khalil uh, was there as well. Yeah, yeah Khalil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Khalil at Sun Life Organics. And uh, what I remember about our first meeting is I, I think we were all eating a bunch of uh, medicinal mushrooms or something. <laughs> you know, just parfait. They wanted Khalil super packed, jam packed, like. Uh, superfood uh, bowls or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. then you had uh, a toot off uh, Dr. John's Zen spray, his hoppe spray, and I remember just seeing you, that like went to your head, your head lit on fire. Uh, and then that was the beginning of our brief introduction. And then there's been um, murmurs of you and, you know, throughout our mutual friends and the work that you do. And so we uh, connected recently and and you led me in a ceremony, which was beautiful. Um, and we'll get into that because there's so much to unpack there. Oftentimes these podcasts, when they come on the heels of some type of ceremony, serve as kind of an integration selfishly. Mm, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah, we have integration a, is the key. So I'm, I'm a happy, yeah, this yeah. is kind of like an integration conversation. Yeah. Well. So we'll, we'll do that. But yeah. uh, take me back how, yeah. how you got what drew you into psychiatry and what was your, your training like in your early careers? You came out of school and, and built your practice. The reason I went into psychiatry for me looking back now is destiny. Uh, in this lifetime, um, I was destined to experience every single psychiatric condition personally. 
Um, so, you know, so there are moments where like, you know, major depression four times, you know, severe PTSD, couldn't get out of bed, um, you know, full of guilt and shame and experiencing, you know, all of the addiction and all these different things um, in L.A. And so... Great um, place to do addiction. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> if you're an addict listening, by the way, LA yeah. is a great place to hit. To, <laughs> it will, it, it will yeah. accelerate yeah. the process of you hitting bottom if you live to tell the tale. Exactly, exactly. Uh, shout out to LA. Um, yeah, so that's where I was going through all of these things. And then, uh, you know, my fourth year of medical school, you try every rotation. And in the wisdom, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Um, so I asked like all the people I looked up to in my life, the elders, um, what do you see me as? Um, and they all said psychiatrist. And it was weird when I did my psychiatry rotation, I actually really enjoyed it. It was fascinating to me, like seeing, um, the kind of, uh, what was happening in mental health. Um, and I, so I, I chose to go into psychiatry and little did I know I was going to experience every psychiatric condition, become a psychiatrist and then work, you know, behind the desk listening to people. And when people got problems, they come to LA. So working as a psychiatrist in LA for seven years, I would listen to the entire world's problems. And now that I know that there's an electromagnetic field coming from them and an electromagnetic field coming from me, I was blending my fields with the entire, like the whole world's problems. And learning about the unity of humanity, learning about compassion for every single, what, what is the root cause of what's happening? And blending my fields. So like at this point, I could sit in a talking circle. It doesn't matter who's talking. It's a homeless person, a prostitute, a billionaire, a schizophrenic. I'm like, me too, man. I've been there. Yeah, I feel that frequency. And then I was learning about, yo, like actually Western psychiatry, the system they have for our elders, for our skilled nursing facility. It's worked, worked as a attending at a skilled nursing facility for a year. What are they doing with our parents? What's the system set up like? Oh, and then, oh, what is what is these medications actually really doing? Who's actually creating DSM-5? Are my patients really getting better? Is it really treating the root cause? And so I was going through the psychiatric conditions, experiencing the system as a psychiatrist, learning that actually most of these treatments actually are not even treating the root cause of what's happening. And so two weeks before I was about to become a partner at one of LA's biggest hospital firms, I learned about intuition, breath, and um, that intuition knows before it happens. And so I was meditating instead of eating lunch. I'm two weeks about to become a partner at one of LA's biggest hospital firms. Once you become a partner, they got you. Living for a pension, 65, retirement, you're set. Don't have to worry about anything. I'm difficult to get fired, right? And so I was sitting there, you know, put in my, you know, two and a half years or whatever, uh, about to become a partner. And I was meditating um, at lunch. And this intuitive, cognitive, direct cellular knowing came over me. Sam, you're quitting your job today. You're turning in your two weeks notice today. I said, hold on, let me double check that. Yeah, let me make sure it's not my mind. And that's been my entire journey until now. It's like, is it my mind, which is a record of the past, or is this my intuition? And can I trust my intuition, my soul, and know that it's, it's not like a loud voice like the mind. It's a quiet knowing. And I double checked it, triple checked it. It's like, no, Sam, this is my intuition. So I went in and I wrote, you know, my two weeks notice, turned it in. And, you know, um, a thousand blackbirds flew in front of my office right there in LA and like a feather fell off. And I picked up this feather and I went outside, picked it up, said, oh, it's a sign. Um, you know, I'm on the right path. And my mom asked me like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I still had medical school loans. I didn't have a job, uh, you know, and I said, mom, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to pray. 
I'm going to quiet my mind through my breath. And I'm going to ask my heart, my intuition, what do you want to do? And I'm going to do that. She said, okay, what are you going to do after that? I said, yeah, I'm going to go um, to the, I'm going to quiet my mind through my breath and ask my heart, what do you want to do? And I'm going to do that. And as I started doing that, like this prayer started praying out of me. I, I didn't even know exactly what it was, but it was like for the liberation of all sentient beings and a new global paradigm of mental health that actually treats the root cause. Show me what I need to see. Tell me what I need to do. And that's been my prayer. And that was, I don't even know, like seven years ago. And I've just been learning how to pray that prayer in the morning. The tools have changed what I use to connect to my intuition, my higher self, and trying to do my best to get two or three downloads every day and follow that. And, um, you know, that's led me on a journey. Um, I call it the most epic love story ever written, the return of souls back to the remembering into the fold of source into the loving arms of source and every person is a living record book of source fulfilling the original intention of source which is to experience itself in many different ways um, and, to and to bring back a living record book by embodying the soul and embodying itself and into back into what new agers call akashic records book of life whatever you want to call it to expand the knowledge of the one of source experiencing itself in many different ways coming back with an expanded knowledge and so um, that's kind of what led me into psychiatry. I, I call it my destiny in this lifetime, my dharma. Were you having your psychiatric issues before, during, or after you went into practice? During. Oh, wow. During. So you're seeing yeah. patients and you're, when you said, yeah, literally. I feel you, I understand, because you literally had experienced some of those things yourself. Exactly. Or were at that time. Exactly. Literally speaking from my heart, I was allowing, my higher self was allowing me to experience these symptoms um, so that when I spoke to my patients, I was speaking from my heart. Yeah, me too, man. This is what helped me. And, you know, when you can overcome something, you now have the keys to the consciousness, right, in the quantum field and on the physical plane to speak directly from your soul and your heart when you're talking to someone. So I wasn't, you know, talking to that person from a book. This was like, yo, like, no, I've been there. Like, I'm going through that right now. This is what's helping me right now. So I was acquiring the keys to the consciousness. Um, yoga, breath work, you know, all these different things, tools. I had to heal myself, trips to the Amazon, all these different things. And I was acquiring these tools so that I can help people and speak from my heart when I'm, when I'm doing that instead of from a book. When you were having your issues with addiction, yeah. were you... Was that happening when you had a practice too? Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. So like, it, so I come in and see yeah, you, pay yeah. you four hundred fifty bucks uh, for an hour, uh, and like last night you were on a binge. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, in the early part of my career. Okay. In the early part of my career, sure. like literally, like, and I was smart about it. I was a smart addict. Yeah. What, uh, what, what you was know, your poison? What kind of stuff did you man, get into? Um, uh, alcohol was okay. my primary choice of poison. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, while in medical school, binge drinking, you know, literally like trying to run away from my higher self, numbing down the trauma that I felt, the guilt and the shame I felt from religious programming. I couldn't bear that. And I still needed to connect with people and I still needed to like have fun. So actually, like I started partying in medical school, like, you know, the first, second week of medical school is when I started partying. Um, so yeah, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then like, eventually the doctor told me, if you don't quit drinking, you're dead your liver is dead. And that's when I transitioned to marijuana, got addicted to marijuana and like me and marijuana, like I, I thank that plant because it almost, I think it saved my life, it helped me transition off of alcohol. But also me and marijuana went through like every single 
stage of a relationship can go through. Dating, <laughs> giggling, video games, binging, paranoid, crawling on, you know, to my house in LA, like literally to having mystical experiences to, you know, now like barely ever, if ever using it. And if I do ceremonially with intention. Yeah, I think people underestimate the addictive potential of cannabis. I mean, I'm so far removed from kind of the world of recreational drugs at this point. I've been sober for so freaking long. But when I was a kid, I mean, I view like weed, it was it was like my best friend. I really, I don't think I would have made it without it. So it served it served a great purpose, but I was incredibly addicted to it psychologically. I mean, I would go nuts. I mean, from the time I was nine, 10 years old until I was 26, I had to have it. It was like heroin. I mean, it's just, it's incredibly addictive. If your personality is uh, wired that way, and if you have, you know, some of the underlying issues that make it a good fit that I did, you know, but I, I don't hear people often talk about like marijuana yeah. being yeah. an addiction problem. Sure. I think it's so sure. prevalent in our society. Yeah. It's so socially acceptable, but man... That was the hardest drug for me to quit. And I was addicted to just about every drug there is yeah, <laughs> that no, you can get addicted to. That was the yeah, one yeah. I could never let go of, mm, man. It was like mm. my warm blanket, you yeah. know? And, and that's then, what it is, man. It's a warm blanket, right? Because we're born into this earth and people literally forget that they are source when they're, when, when they choose to be born, like a brother just had in his ceremony that I just held, he remembered the moment he chose to be born as a human. And there's like a contract you sign. I'm going to be a human. I'm going to forget that I'm an eternal spirit. And on a certain level of consciousness, we are that warm blanket of consciousness, uh, unconditional love, that warm feeling that, man, I feel like everybody should get an opportunity to experience. And we come to this earth, we forget who we are and we go through all this trauma. And it's the process of like, he who is forgiven much can love much. She who has been to the darkest of the darks can appreciate the light all the more. And so we allow some of the like most ancient souls allow themselves because of this great love of source, right? Because to learn more about source, uh, they allow themselves to go through addiction, to PTSD, all of these things, because they know that in the midst of that, they're going to learn more about source, learn more about themselves. And he who is forgiven much can love much. And I feel like these tools, I'm super grateful for these tools, no good or bad, really. And I, f I feel when used in the right way, marijuana is actually a gateway to consciousness. It wasn't a war on drugs. It was a war on consciousness. And every single plant has healing properties, but like the plants are neutral. Consciousness is neutral. It's about the intention and set setting intention that I bring to these plants. And the plants have consciousness, which means it's intelligent, which means it can communicate with me. And so I'm super grateful for these plants, man. I kind of feel like it's like the last scene of Avatar. You know, where, you know, they're going for Mother Mother Earth. They're going for her resources, her water, her, they're fracking, they're doing all these things and the resources are limited and like these plants consciousness is coming forth and saying, hey, you know, like last scene where the, the animals come forth, the plants come forth and they want to help. And consciousness is neutral unless the survival of a species depends upon it. Like, you know, you, you and I are driving towards a green light at an intersection, you're going to get green 50% of the time. I'm going to get green 50% of the time. But consciousness reserves the right when the survival of the species depends on it to make one light green. And I feel like that's what she's doing. She's bringing out like all of the plants and things and they're all coming forward and saying, we're here to help. You know, we're here to help. 
Most of us that are into health now realize that it's really important that we watch what we're eating and we're drinking, right? But I think a lot of people still don't realize how important it is to be mindful about the things you put on your body, not just in your body. So I'm talking about the lotions, the skincare products, personal care products, etc. That stuff goes right into the pores of your skin and it doesn't have the opportunity to go through your liver and your detox organs to get removed. It goes into your bloodstream. Little random secret here. This is why Jimi Hendrix is said to have put LSD in his headband at Woodstock because it goes right in your skin and he trip balls. Anyway, I digress. My friend Andy, who's been on the show a couple of times, you can go back and listen to episode 18, created this company a few years ago called Alatura Naturals. And Andy, I mean, if I could ever met anyone that's on my level of obsession with quality, he might even have me beat. He is completely obsessed with sourcing the best ingredients. You could literally eat his products. I mean, I, I don't know if you would want to eat some lotion or a clay mask, but you could and it wouldn't hurt you because um, here's the deal. Your skin actually does eat anything that you put on it. That's what I really want you guys to understand. So his ingredient decks are just nuts. Uh, my personal favorites are the night cream. I mean, I ration that stuff out like just a tiny little bit every night because I'm so afraid I'm going to run out of it. It's so awesome. The clay mask, his face lotion. This is what I use for anti-aging, brighten complexion, detoxification of my skin, removal of blemishes, hydrating the skin like crazy, and making it possible for me to be a beast with sun exposure. I don't know. I think for creeping on 50, my skin looks pretty good, and um, it's definitely largely due to Alatura Naturals products, which you can find at alaturanaturals.com. If you use the code LIFESTYLIST, you're going to save yourself 20% and get free shipping in the U.S. That's alaturanaturals.com, and the code is LIFESTYLIST. That's an interesting perspective because in the realm of psychedelics and plant medicines, there seems to be a prevalent thought amongst a certain sect of people that see the proliferation of these medicines into Western culture and into the mainstream as a negative, that they should be reserved for the jungles and the indigenous peoples and things like that. And, and you know, I can understand the point to a certain degree, but um, it seems as though, for, from your perspective, if these plants are of the earth, right? And even, and even well, we'll get into this in a second, but say, let's just talk in the realm of fungi and plants, sure, right? Sure, Ayahuasca, sure. peyote, San Pedro, uh, mushrooms, et cetera. Or even <laughs> 5-MeO-DMT, a toad. It's not a plant. People call it a plant medicine. I'm like, no, it's a reptile medicine. And it helps you see the reptilians and mm. get out of the matrix. <laughs> it's, it's a paradox of sorts. Yeah. But anyway, back to the point is this, is that if, as you say, these these uh, essences of nature of the earth are, are neutral and, and they are able to you know, transmit consciousness and have a consciousness because they're a representation of consciousness. They're going to come up from the Amazon whether we like it or not, right? Like a, a kid's going to find mushrooms on the cow patty in the field whether we think it's right or not, right? It's like they are showing up now. This is my perspective. They are showing up now because we need them now more than ever, like the work that you do with people. I mean, I can only imagine the souls that you get to see awaken on an ongoing basis that is going to have a ripple effect on all of consciousness on the planet, especially oh. when you're working with people of influence and some yeah. degree of power, right? I mean, yeah. executives and celebrities and some, some of the people you work with that are of that ilk. 
man, you get a CEO of a powerful company that has sway and culture and in finance and they get in touch and heal their heart and develop a relationship with the divine. I mean, that is a trickle-down effect that changes the whole world that wouldn't happen if these medicines were still sort of hidden away in the periphery for the select few who were the initiates and so on. You know, so it's, it's, it's interesting. But on the other side of that, and this is kind of a question, it's a, it's a, a bit of a, a rant that hopefully you can mold into a yeah. question, just give your take on it. The other side of that is you have the commodification and sort of all of the cultural appropriation and all of that stuff, right? Where you have all these corporations kind of like sharks to blood coming around like, ha, 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 we're going to, you know, try and patent all these medicines and things. It, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I think because of the profoundly positive impacts that uh, I've experienced in my life and my own healing and awakening, I'm so grateful that, you know, there were ayahuasca retreat centers in Costa Rica that maybe weren't there you know, 10, 20 years ago, right? That were available to me and were kind of part of the conversation and came into my awareness. And um, had they not, I don't know if I ever would have gone deep into the jungles of Peru or the Amazon and had those experiences, right? I was kind of, you know, just on the outskirts of that and it was accessible enough for me to get involved. And now I find that little did I know there's this whole underground world that's emerging (laughs) where they're accessible everywhere, really, for the most part, uh, to most people. So... Anyway, that's just a point from where you are now of someone who's, you know, working on as a facilitator, as I don't know if you call yourself a shaman, but I would call you that based on our experience. Uh, You know, you're working in the realm of legality as a psychiatrist, working with medicines where they're legal uh, and they might be illegal in one place and legal in another place. You know, you're finding a sweet spot there where you can work within the confines of the matrix. (laughs) What's your take based on the fact that these medicines are are coming to our awareness, they're arriving here, they're, they're bringing themselves to us. Yet on the other side, you have a potential downside of them being misused or them being exploited solely for monetary gain. Yeah. Like, where do you yeah. think the intersection of that is landing right now for you or just at large? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, um, like I said, consciousness is neutral. So it's it's literally a calling. Right. So literally, I love what you said. Like the plants are actually have a consciousness. It's a calling. It called you. Right. And there was an agreement between you and the plant. For there to be love, there has to be a choice. There's no force in source. So I think that any, nothing is good or bad. Right. It's really about the intention that we bring to it and uh, what we're approaching it for. And so there's a universal consciousness to all these plants. And they're coming forth. They're making themselves known. I got called to the Amazon and went, went down there. And so nothing is good or bad, but I don't believe that we're going back. I, I give a lot of love to the indigenous cultures. And the man, so much, these plants are actually literally helping to heal the 7 to 11 generations of trauma. It's very fresh in almost every single land around the earth. The indigenous populations have been colonized and there's fresh trauma. And so I'm literally seeing like, what, you know, a thousand psychiatric sessions or therapy sessions in four hours. It's possible to release that trauma. And so they're here to help. Uh, They can be used for amazing things. But yeah, like you said, like 
It's what people bring to it. And anytime the corporations and things like that get into it, they're going to think about you know, what they do and wherever their level of consciousness is. They're going to create from that place. But my whole goal and intention and what is possible with these plants is to increase the consciousness of, I love what you said, of key people influence the influencers. With one post, they can influence a million people. Um, and so increasing the consciousness in the radio, because it's a scalar wave battle. Yeah, what I mean by that is five companies own 90% of the media, right? And in two weeks, if they want to, they can shut down the entire world. They prove that to be true. And so influencing the influencers, and if you want to call it Trojan horsing the system, don't fight the system, create a new one. And these plants are tools. But I always say the medicine is not the plant. The medicine is the people. Yes. The people is the medicine. It's just reconnecting them to a part of themselves. And this is what indigenous cultures understood. It's like, you know, there's not 20,000 diseases that Western science has created in the DSM-5, like, you know, whatever, 10,000 diseases. Two weeks you do this, then you have this disease. And then as soon as you label or diagnose and speak it into existence, you're telling yourself you have a disease. No, there's only one disease. And that is a disconnection from one's true higher self or your soul. Because from there, the right thoughts, attitudes, words, beliefs, frequencies, which then become words, which then become emotions, and the word becomes flesh. So when I say, my name is Samuel, I'm healthy, healed, whole, and complete. Water, I'm 90-something percent water weight, Dr. Emoto showed, absorbs the words I just spoke. And consciousness, which Jesus called the Father, binds to the water. And literally, it ripples through and crystallizes my body. And then the DNA scientists used to call junk DNA. It's not junk. It's potential. This vibration that I just spoke trickles through the potential intron DNA. And literally, epigenetics, then the double-stranded helix codes for DNA or proteins according to the words I just spoke, which then proteins are the building blocks of life. Therefore, the word becomes flesh. And so these plants have a way of helping reconnect the person to a part of them that's always been there, their higher self, um, which from there, the right thoughts, attitudes, words, and beliefs flow in, which is metaphysics, frequency. And Einstein and Tesla both said the future of medicine is frequency. And the future is now. And so these frequencies literally then become physics, what we see, proteins, cause, metaphysics, effect, physics. And you want to find a good medicine, find a doctor who will change your attitude when you leave that office. Because that attitude will change your beliefs and thoughts and words and frequencies, which will then become your body. And so I think that these plants are just the tool, a sacred tool, and they're not good or bad. And yes, corporations are going to do what they do, but you know, um, it's the most epic love story because we know higher vibration in trains lower vibration, love wins. And so these plants are tools. <laughs> yes. These plants are tools. Thank you for yeah. reminding me of yeah. that. Yeah. Sometimes I doom scroll too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just a part of me that's like my limbic system, right? It's just like addicted to knowing what's wrong in the world, the negativity bias. And also, it's just kind of entertaining to be For honest. Sure. Just, holy shit. And you, it's good to be aware. Man. Yeah. And I mean, you, I'm yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is where we are now. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, when, when one focuses on the negativity in the world, it's, it can trick you into thinking it's winning, right? Because the negativity is louder. You forget there's billions of people out there with happy families and homes living their best life, not paying attention to any of the bullshit that the Matrix is pulling. And they're just quiet, so we don't hear about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear about the people that thankfully are standing yeah. up for, you know, humanity. And then we, uh-huh. we hear about the people that are working um, against humanity, right? Yeah. But I, I love to be reminded of that, that 
love is the frequency and the in the magnetic tug of war love always entrains over what is a lack of love right so you think about evil to me is not it doesn't even exist it's just the absence of love it's like a vacuum so you can't fight against something that doesn't exist you can just amplify what is true which is love right it's like, it's like yeah. i forget this so much you know still even i know it and i know it in my heart i know it in my mind yet still the animal in me gets yeah. afraid sometimes and I, I i get i get scared me too bro and then i get that's, scared of the world man it's crazy out there i yeah 100% that's why you know the texts say in this world but not of this world and it's like literally, you know, who runs the educational system? You know, we talked about already five companies on 9% of the media. Who runs the health system, right? You know, follow the money, right? And I don't want to go deep, too deep into that. But like literally on purpose, tell live vision programming, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> literally they're vision. telling you what they're doing. They're literally dropping people into alpha brainwaves and on purpose, they've studied humans like 70, 80% of the news and all of social media is negative right? On purpose and just enough, right? And so the positive news is not being shared. And so that's one of my deep passions, actually. But at the end of the day, love is a frequency and higher entrance, you know, vibration always entrains lower vibration. And, you know, we all, I used to say love is the answer. Everybody says that. There's songs that say love is the answer. And it's true. Love is the answer, period. But what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Just kidding. <laughs> no, what is love though? Now, I've gone really deep into this because there's layers on layers on layers of love. And so love, you know, in one of my ceremonies, a brother was actually shown like literally what love is. It's uh, like this, this backbone and glue, the cohesive power of the universe that literally holds my atoms together, my cells together, my sanity together, my family together. This universe is held together literally by the force we call love, which is the cohesive glue and power of the universe. And so it's connection. And so I started like in, in psychiatry, I was like, oh, so what if love is the answer? What does that really mean? Oh, a disconnection or a, a, dis, a forgetting of the connection to one's own higher self. And that's literally become my life's work is to help people remember about this connection that they have to their soul, this connection that they are eternal, this connection that love is the answer. Because from there, I'm not healing anybody. They're just reconnecting to their higher self. And from there, they're telling themselves, they're reminding themselves, and they're not even healing themselves. It's they're just remembering who they are through the power of love. And that's what I think these plants uh, are wanting to help us remember is the interconnectivity uh, the love of, of the universe. We are nature. We're not separate from nature. We're all one. So I know some of you might think the life of a podcaster is easy, but even I can get stressed out with work, travel, staying on top of my personal life, and just coping with this ever wacky world of ours. That's why I want to share with you one of the best ways I've found to relax and reduce stress in my life, using the Bond Charge Infrared Sauna Blanket. Bond Charge is an awesome company. They've got a huge range of wellness products that help you perform better, recover faster, reduce inflammation. The list is practically endless. And one of my favorite Bond Charge products is their Infrared Sauna Blanket, man. It's the fastest, simplest way I've found to de-stress after getting off a plane, recovering from a workout, or finishing a marathon recording session like I often do. 
And here's a great travel hack for you. If I'm heading out of town, the blanket is super portable. I can just roll it up, throw it in the trunk, and boom, I've got an easy way to mellow out when I get to my destination. It sets up in less than a minute and heats up super fast. Now, lucky for you right now, they are offering listeners 15% off your purchase of this phenomenal product. Just punch in bondcharge.com slash lifestylist and use the code lifestylist to get your discount. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash lifestylist. And for you EMF mitigators out there, don't worry, you know, I got you covered. They've tested their blanket against other leading brands and their EMF levels are one of the lowest on the market. You can find all those details and more at bondcharge.com slash lifestylist. And don't forget to use that code lifestylist to get your 15% off. Since I've been sober, with the exception of this one time that I'm about to describe, uh, I've only used uh, plant medicines or psychedelics in ceremony with facilitator, with a shaman, psychiatrist, whatever, right? I just... I've never just been chilling at home like, oh, I'm going to take a bunch of drugs. It's just kind of not my intention. No judgment on anyone that does it that way. But anyway, this one day I was with some trusted friends and we're up in Yosemite and we were all going to take some mushrooms and it wasn't a ceremony. We're just kind of hanging out in the woods. And I probably took, I don't know, like three or four grams, came on pretty strong and I was having so much fun. I was just I mean, like when I took shrooms when I was a kid, we would all just roll around and laugh, right? This was another level of joy because I, I had healed so much of my trauma that I could really be free. There was no escapism in it. And then the joke became that the mushrooms were kind of like laughing at me for trying to measure them and quantify how many grams I took. And they just kept telling me, eat more. So I just kept eating them. I don't know. I might have had seven, 10 grams wow. or something. You know, just yeah. kept eating them. Anyway, the point of the story is, A, I, the best fucking day of my life, literally. It was so word, beautiful word. and fun. My yeah. wife was there, my brothers. Amazing. No one else took as much as I did, so I had to work through a little insecurity because they were all kind of like going inside to eat and I'm out in the fucking yeah. woods just screaming like a baby. <laughs> but I'm out there yeah. in, a, in a creek and I realized everything around me was edible. There was like watercress and all these different mint. So I just, I'm in, you know, knee deep in the creek and I'm just eating they came out and checked on me. I said, Luke, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm eating salad. There's salad everywhere. <laughs> Most delicious salad, you yeah, guys. Yeah. And then I went and sat down and I was like, okay, this is all fun. But Luke, what's the teaching here? And then the first level of the teaching was, man, you need to spend more time in nature. And then this voice, you know how the voices comes and it, it said, no, you are nature. Boom, boom. And it's, it's hard to yeah. even describe the potency and the depth of that realization but it was a huge turning point in my life when i felt as though i was at one with the trees and the waters and the land and the animals like not not a not an intellectual concept but felt it in my in my bones yeah. you know yeah, knowing. that i yeah. i am that mm. and then it you know, weaved into this whole, there's a great book called I Am That by Nisargadatta Maharaj, which is a book on non-duality, the Word. first spiritual book I ever got. Took me 20 years to figure out how to read it. <laughs> I maybe kind yes. of have a little bit of it now, but it was, see, it's not that nature is out there and I'm over here or that you're over there and I'm over here. I am that, I am everything, right? It's, it's the end of duality and the the um the unification that comes with that and the you know the knowingness so when you said that you know we are nature man it's really really true and you could prove it just by dying 
and having someone go throw you in the dirt, you become, you become dirt. The dirt. You literally become. You dirt. become dirt. And I love that you shared that, brother, because that reminds me of of my first time, man. When when I did ayahuasca, I was a party boy in L.A. I didn't know what nature was. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was living in a concrete jungle. Like I, I didn't go hiking. I didn't know any of this stuff. And so um, through, you know, I ended up in, in, a, in a ceremony. I was just waking up, learning breath work and really in a joyful state. Went to my first ceremony in Topanga and there was an oak tree and I'm super sensitive. So in the ayahuasca circle, like literally like I was led outside and I stopped. I was a LA party boy, so I didn't know anything about nature. For some reason, I started putting my hand on this oak tree and just breathing with this tree. Like something intuitively took over in me. And literally what started happening was neon green lines shooting out of me into the tree, from the tree into the plants, from the plants into the stars. And this energy matrix of uh, energy was connecting me to the trees, to the plants, to the stars and everything. And I'm just sitting here like looking at this as, as all of nature was coming alive like Avatar. And in that moment, I had that, that same feeling that you had whoa, all of nature is connected. And I am, I am nature. I'm never alone. If I could really open my eyes and see the interconnectivity of every single thing, which is love, connecting everything together, there's literally energetic invisible lines connecting everything together. Some people see that in the stars. And I love that you told a story too, because like, it reminds me of you know near the end of my party days, I was on my way to Vegas. It was my birthday with two, two of my best friends that you know, uh, you know, I love to this day. Um, and you know, normal, my birthday, they're like, oh, you know, let's go to Vegas. We're going to get a table. We're on our way to Vegas. It's my birthday. I said, no, not, not this birthday, man. He said, what do you want to do then? I was like, that's what we always did, right? So I was like, no, we're, we're going to Zion in the freezing cold. And I got some, got some medicine. I'm going to take some medicine. So long story short, we end up there and it's freezing cold outside. And two of my friends, they've never taken any medicine. You know, we take a little bit of medicine and boom, like we're seeing like elders around the fire. I'm, this is my friend, <laughs> like my lawyer friend who's never seen anything like this, right? We're just having the time of our life, laughing, you know, just having a good time. He's like driving like three miles per hour when he thinks he's going like, you know, 40 miles per hour. We just had an amazing time. And to this day, we still talk about that day. And the crazy thing is like, we come back from that trip. This is the only thing we can talk about really. And my friend who was like completely opposed to like, Online dating. Before that trip, he would say, I do not, I know, I'm going to be single the rest of my life, not going to have children, not going to. Within a week after that trip, he's like online dating. And within like, I don't even know, a month, he meets his wife. And as a psychiatrist, I'm like, what happened in his brain that day that made him literally neuropathic? Something connected, which made him not online date to online date to all of a sudden, you know, get married. And like, that's when, you know, literally proof of like, wow, these medicines have uh, an ability in them to form new connections in the neural pathways, which can change someone's life like a hundred therapy sessions in, in four hours. 100%. I'm married to Allison because we sat in peyote ceremony for 48 hours together. Legit, it's a long story. I've told it before, but something changed in my awareness in my brain that made me see things. And maybe for her too, she could tell her own story, but I saw the potential yeah. that I couldn't see before that. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, yeah. strange shit happens. Uh, I want to go back to one thing, though, that, that I almost touched on before. So when we're talking about plants having and being consciousness and sort of deciding on their own volition or the volition of God that they're going to start to proliferate and, and enter into our culture. There's also a school of thought uh, of some people that are kind of purists for earth-based medicines, right? The 
bufo, mushrooms, ayahuasca, et cetera, right? And that kind of poo-poo the pharmaceutical base, the ketamine, the MDMA, and so on. And I've derived benefit from all of them, no matter where they came yeah, from. Yeah. And, and I know you work with both in conjunction. I want to get into that because it's super trippy to me what you do. Um, but I've always looked at it like, well, source and the earth created humans and created the minds and the intuition and the creativity, the intellect, the, everything that makes up a person. If that human is a chemist and goes into a lab and synthesizes MDMA or ketamine with no, you know, quote unquote, natural ingredients, not only is their thought process in the creation of that medicine organic, air quotes, because they are of the earth, but also the ingredients that they're even using to synthesize it came from somewhere in the earth, even if it's not a plant, right? Exactly, brother. It's yeah, like yeah. there's actually no psychedelic that's not of this earth unless it came from another dimension or something, right? But do, do you know what I mean? Like some 100%. people are like, oh, I only use plants. 100%. I don't want anything that's made in a lab. And in respect to that, I mean, I have no problem with people's beliefs, but I'm just kind of seeing what your take is. To me, they're all, they all came from the earth and are really no different to me. 100%. Um, love that you asked this question because like oftentimes in my work, people will, it, literally this will come up. They'll be like, you know, uh, people were like, I only take things that are from the earth. But once again, Tesla and Einstein said the future of medicine is frequency and everything is source energy. And we're not going back. You know, a lot of people are infatuated with indigenous cultures and there was so much beauty there. There's the harmony with nature, the way that they had ceremony, the way that the maternal... You know, the maternal matriarch was, had their role in the tribe and decided who would come over for dinner, who would go out for so many beautiful things to learn and remember from there. Um, but we're not going back. We're moving forward and the future is frequency. Tesla and Einstein said the future of medicine is frequency. And so my Native American auntie actually had a dream where she was shown, oh, where does uh, ketamine come from? Oh, it comes from a plant. Oh, where does uh, MDMA come from? Oh, it comes from sassafras, a plant. So exactly to your point, all of these medicines are coming either, you know, from the earth or from an earth being who's channeling spirit. And people will say, oh, people don't even know what they're talking about when they say, oh, spirit. Because like that's what all these indigenous people are saying. Spirit, spirit, the great spirit. Did you even know that according to quantum morphogenetic physics, spirit is the ether geologic radiation on the unmanifest side of creation. It's a frequency, a less dense version of me. And so everything is a frequency and all energy is frequency and all energy is conscious. And so in, in my particular ceremonies, it's about synergizing um, ingredients to produce a frequency. Um, and the soul is a less dense version of me existing right now. And if I can synergize different compounds, whether it's from the earth or based on something from the earth, Let's get over those little details and produce a frequency. And what really matters is the connection to the soul. And then by their fruits, you shall know them. After the ceremony, is the person more loving, more kind, more patient? Is that disease healed or not? Like, you know, let's look at that. Let's not argue about like logistics and semantics. Well said. Yeah. I think in addition to meeting you that day with John, uh, Khalil had told me about you and your work. And I don't know if he 
well, I'll leave it up to him to disclose whether he's worked with you or not, but he was describing what you do, which is what we did recently, um, which included MDA, sassafras, phenibut, which is just like a supplement, uh, MDMA, psilocybin, and then a couple injections of ketamine in the arm. And Khalil was telling me about the way these journeys are conducted. And I was like, that sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> like, dude, who's doing all those at once? Yeah, you yeah, only yeah. need one of them to do the trick, you know? And so anyway, then I just kind yeah. of forgot that he had explained yeah. that to me. Uh, and then when we met and started yeah. talking, you know, I learned more about what you do. And our friend David Naylor, give him yeah. a shout out shout too. Out he David, said, oh yeah. man, you got to sit with Sam, dude. You have yeah. not even worked with medicine until you've done that. It's next level. He went on and on. Uh, when he was over here one day and when he explained it to me, actually, I was like, I felt that feeling in my heart. It was like, I got to get in touch with this guy. I got to do it. And then I was actually lined up uh, to do it uh, at one point with David and you and, and some other folks. And, um, and it just didn't work out on that date. But I, I knew it was locked into my future calendar. Um, so maybe, you know, my experience of, of working with you, by the way, and, and other people, we'll put the show notes for this, you guys, at lukestory.com slash Sam, lukestory.com slash Sam. We'll put the links to your website and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, people have, will have the opportunity, depending on where they live uh, and the legalities and all that, to work with you in groups or privates. I know you travel all over working with people. Uh, but when we worked together, yeah, you know, I had the same nervous anticipation that I usually do before any kind of experience like that because I know my ego doesn't like it because it's going to have to surrender and let my soul do some work and it's going to be put to the side for a few hours. <laughs> but I got to say, I mean, it was beautiful, transformative and profound, but it was, it was so like carefully controlled and calculated in terms of the medicine. Like it was really fascinating to watch you give me the fenibit and you're like, you have your timer on your phone. You're like 15 minutes. Okay, it's time for this thing now. And there was this whole sequence uh, of, of, of dosing. And then, you know, when it started to come on, okay, now we're starting the headphones go on. You have a specific or really beautiful playlist. You say a prayer. And I just go into this just beautiful totally chill quantum space. And it was amazing to me that I'm laying there for five hours or whatever it was. And in my bloodstream is Fenibit, MDA, MDMA, mushrooms, (laughs) and ketamine. I'm like, how am I so chill? But I, I didn't have any edginess. There was no scariness. There was no nausea. There was no pain. There was no like... You know, um, sometimes in medicine, you'll go down a little weird negative dark path for a minute and kind of have to breathe and come back. You're kind of freaking out. It can get kind of scary. Like there was no fear. And it was like just the amount of depth that I needed to do that work, which for me, as you know, you sat there by my side the whole time, which I didn't know you were there, by the way. That was really cool being there. Every once in a while, I'd look over and I was like, oh, fuck, he's (laughs) he's listening to me. And we have the recorder going, you know, and it's part of your protocol, which you can explain. So, you know, if uh, if I was motivated to speak, I would speak and it was recorded. And, uh, it was so interesting to me that there was no crunchiness, like nothing ever got sideways on me or even close to it. I just felt so relaxed in my body, so safe. Your presence was felt even when I didn't know you were there. I knew there was support there if I needed it. I was nowhere near at any point going, hey man, am I okay? Like, you know, sometimes in an ayahuasca ceremony, I mean, I don't don't think I've ever called for help, but 
I have felt at times yeah. like, oh man, this is getting fucking dark. Yeah, yeah. You know, I might need support, but I yeah. just haven't. But anyway, it was just the whole come on was very gradual and smooth. And then as it tapered off, it was very smooth. And maybe for the first time ever, I actually felt just pretty normal afterward. A little bit of a headache, pretty open hearted. I was having fun with Allison. I felt really, you know, open, open to her and, and very uh, in love with her, which is every day. But, you know, I was just that warm, fuzzy feeling, wanted to hug her and be with her a lot. But there was no like, I don't know, there was no hangover. There was no like waves of depression or feeling weird. It was just like really, really smooth. So it was an astonishing experience to me in that there's so many different substances used in a short period of time, yet it was probably the safest and most calm, deep experience that I've ever had. And as you know, really what it ended up being for me, I set some intentions and it just I just prayed the whole time. Yeah, it was, it was just, beautiful, man. It was just a prayer. Yeah, it was a prayer. Right. Literally a four or five hour prayer, man. I was praying along with you right there. Yeah, man. so, yeah. you know, that that's my uh, Roger Ebert, uh, yeah. you know, review <laughs> of your film that you created for me. Nowadays, the PSYOPs are coming at you fast and furious on Planet Clown. But did you know that your shoes are also a PSYOP? Most shoes today have serious issues. First, they smash your toes into a narrow point that keep you from walking naturally. They've also got cushioning and unnecessary, quote, support that weaken your feet. And lastly, they're made with endocrine-disrupting plastics, which you definitely don't want on one of the most sensitive parts of your body. Basically, most shoes these days are just petroleum-based plastic foot prisons. Womp womp. But I'm going to help you free your feet right now. Rizal's shoes are handmade of all leather, that's real leather, with a wide toe box that promotes natural movement. The first style, the one that I have and love, by the way, is called the Brio. It has a soft nubuck leather upper, and even the sole is just water buffalo leather. These shoes are insanely comfortable, just like being barefoot, but with just enough protection. What I love about them is I can feel the natural bumps and textures of the ground, but there's just enough of a sole to protect my feet from getting scraped up or nasty and dirty. Risals are legit the next best thing to wearing no shoes at all. And the Brios that I have are chill and perfect for casual wear, but you can also dress them up as needed too. They don't look ridiculous like some of the uh, minimal footwear out there. Find your Rizal style at Rizal.co slash Luke10. That's R-H-I-Z-A-L. Rizal.co slash Luke10. And use the code Luke10 to get your 10% off. And here's a bonus hot tip for you, and perhaps my favorite part. Rizal shoes are also grounded. The natural leather sole is fairly conductive on its own, but it's also got a copper plug that creates an undeniable connection. And I love knowing I'm grounding more anytime I pop these bad boys on. Again, that's risal.co slash Luke10. But anyway, just lead us into, you know, your protocol and, and how these different medicines synergize and kind of the science behind it. Sure, sure. And, and just what, what is this magic that, that yeah. you're working with here? Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to share, man. Um, so anytime you take a journey especially in the invisible world, man. I think it's really important to know, like, where am I going? How long am I going to be there? How safe is it? And most importantly, like, what is my sacred why? 
what is my intention? Like people, when they take journeys on like on the physical plane, they're like, I'm going to Bali, taking Spirit Airlines, going because I'm going on a yoga retreat, whatever. Like they know these things. And especially with the psychedelic renaissance happening right now, I think it's really important to know these questions. When you take your eye mask off, where am I? You know, I hopefully the person holding space for you can say, this is where you are. Um, and so this protocol, you know, is a sacred uh, contract that's been given to me. Uh, it's not mine. It's for everybody. Uh, and, and so in this particular ceremony, it's like, okay, where are we intending to go? We're intending to connect people directly, not to a plant, but produce a frequency to connect them to their higher self, their soul, their oversoul, or their avatar, crystal self. The DNA scientists used to call junk DNA, not junk. Quantum morphogenetic physics says the fourth, fifth, and sixth strand of DNA is the soul. The seventh, eighth, ninth strand of DNA is the oversoul. The tenth, eleventh, twelfth strand of DNA is the avatar. And so imagine like a ladder of frequency. And each level of the ladder is a DNA strand. It's a bandwidth of frequency. It's a new level of mind, a new level of perception. And also you can eventually get to a certain place on the frequency ladder where there's no disease. As Jesus said, there's a perfect love that casts out all fear. Well, there's a frequency where disease doesn't exist. And then there's a certain frequency where there's no time or space. There's no time, only consciousness moving through different densities. So when you get to the third density, third dimension, it's dense. And so there appears to be time. But when you get to a certain frequency, there's no time. It's just consciousness. And it has access to information, levels of perception, healing frequencies. Um, and remember, there's only one disease, a disconnection from one's own higher self. And so my intention in this protocol is to produce a frequency that connects people directly to their higher self. Uh, which is a less dense version of themselves. And so how do we get there? Oh, okay. Um, well, I quiet down the mind. Geomenobitaric acid, GABA, like the breaks of the brain. This and is the fenibit. The fenibit. Yeah. Uh, and it's a precise formula based upon the person's weight, based upon the half-life of the medicine, based upon all these different things. So it's precision. And then so we quiet down the brain. Brain is slowly starting to go quiet. Okay, cool. Let's start opening up the heart. Serotonin, dopamine, no epinephrine. Okay, cool. Given in three doses based on the person's weight. Open the heart. Then there's a frequency that starts radiating from the heart. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is in your heart. Well, what was he talking about? Oh, Heart Math Institute can now measure five to 15 feet in all directions. There's a frequency radiating from the heart, which is carrying information. And the greatest lie ever told to humanity is that we're third dimensional. No, actually, if you can produce enough energy, you can shift into from third dimension into another density level. And they come in three dimensions. So three dimensions per dimension. You can go into the fourth, fifth, and sixth stranded frequency range, which is the soul. And so there's a frequency which we precisely give this heart medicine to open up the heart. And then, you know, who you know on the physical plane, important. But who you know on the invisible plane, even more important. Because metaphysics, before anything happens in the seen world, it happens in the invisible world. So a lot of people are doing psychedelics. For me, it's important for me to know exactly who I'm working with in the invisible world. So for, you know, three, four years doing this, not one person has ever gone dark and everybody has come back safely. It's not an accident because we're actually oscillating is timed. So we oscillate past the lower fourth astral realm. So the fourth chakra, the heart, is a, it's a portal to the fourth dimension. There's a lower fourth astral world, which is where disembodied energies and entities, recycled souls hang out. And yeah, a lot of people, when they go to like ayahuasca ceremonies, if there's not protection and they're not oscillating, that's why things get crunchy in an earth spirit ceremony. The mushrooms and things like that. Things get, but in this one, it's specifically designed to oscillate past the crunchiness Past the lower fourth astral realm. Um, and then now we're going into the spaces where there's only love and light. 
right? And it's and it was designed to do it very smoothly, safely, and consistently. So like, you know, some people's mothers don't want to like go into the crunchiness, but they still want to have that experience where they can experience the love of God and the multidimensional wisdom of their own soul. And so I think like, you know, this is a bridge medicine to the future, I believe. And so we oscillate past the lower fourth astral realm. The brakes are coming on. The heart is opening into a multidimensional space. And then, you know, the person lays down, puts on an eye mask, and then you give them an intramuscular injection of pure ketamine. And people, when they hear ketamine, there's so much stigma associated with words. Some people are going to think like Berlin, 1977 party. Some people are going to think, no, it's not that. It's a glutamate receptor antagonist. Glutamate in the brain is like what makes you super excited, right? So it's going to quiet down the accelerator of the brain. And functional MRI shows, quiets down the rear default mode network. That part of the ego epigenetic overlay. It's not bad. It's what makes us a unique oscillatory reflexive source, but it doesn't like the unknown. So now the, the mind is quiet. GABA, heart is open, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, multidimensional space. Okay, here comes, you know, very consistent, very safe, very, we know exactly what the half-life of, of these medicines are. Quiet down the rear default mode network. Boom. Breaks, heart, direct connection to your higher self. And now the music, uh, you know, in the beginning, God said, let there be light and there was light. Sound becomes light. If you want to heal anything, go to where it first started, which is sound. So now you got this music playing on and then, you know, you have a direct connection to your higher self and not everybody may choose to experience it, which is great because for there to be love, there has to be a choice. There's no force and source. But I do believe everybody should have the option or choice of experiencing the multidimensional wisdom, unconditional love, and safety of their own soul. And this is the best tool that I've ever found. And it's my sacred honor and duty to keep what is sacred, sacred. And so in that space, though, when you connect, like we're not only like a thousand therapy sessions in four hours, anything is possible. Because healing of the physical body, if they're ready to receive that, um, you know, going to a past life and healing, there's no time. Going to a past life and healing that block so that whatever block it is in this life is now open. Um, you know, uh, some, you know, sister hasn't had her period for two years. Boom, all of a sudden, next day has it, right? Because this part of us, it knows who, why we're here. The greatest question, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What am I here to do? It has access to that information. So it can give you purpose. It can heal physically. It can, it can, you know, so that's the real connection that I'm intending is to reconnect people to their higher self. And I do believe this has the potential to create a new global paradigm in health. I mean, I've had people literally the day after ceremony, you talk about addiction, you heal, it's not the addiction, it's the underlying trauma. You heal the underlying trauma, there goes the addiction. Right. And so, like, people sometimes have quit, like, caffeine, nicotine, alcohol the next day. They're not even trying to do that. It's just gone. So, you imagine, oh, Western science is trying, oh, what's happening to the dopamine? What's happening? Yo, but the higher self knows exactly. It's the greatest surgeon on the planet. It knows exactly how to heal you. So, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And then the integration is the most important piece. So, you have this smooth journey, kind of like you had, and then you kind of come back in into your body. Amazing, cool, safe, smooth, consistent. Um, and then and then we have a recording. And so they, some people say the voice is a reflection of the soul. So you can literally, like you saw things, you felt things. Now you can type out, bring to the third dimension, a multidimensional transcript of what your higher self was telling you. And you can type it out. 
and then turning knowledge into wisdom, applying that knowledge, embodying the soul, you can have a call with an integration specialist who helps you create a soul action plan. And then we're trying to intending to create community around this because you place I in illness with we, illness becomes wellness. And that nice. oxytocin connection That's starts dope. happening. So, I hope you have that on your website or something. It's in my books, The Spiritual Guide. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That's good. It's not mine. I got it from somewhere, but yeah. With my yeah. transcript, um, yeah. there was long periods in which I was quiet and then I would just pop off with a prayer, you know? And so I'm about halfway done transcribing mine. I have to sit there and like skip. I know it, the iPad, the voice note has the thing where it skips the quiet, but sometimes it misses a word. So I was like 15 second fast forward and I write it down, pause, write it down, pause. But yeah, it's another interesting thing. Um, when I, I've never done ketamine therapy, but I have, that's the one thing I've worked with a little bit on my own, just in low doses, meditations, doing Joe Dispenza journeys and used to take it sometimes in my hyperbaric chamber and just, just basically meditate. But I, if I ever had a realization, I could never remember it. It was just like, brain dead, just brain eraser, right? And I'd come out like, God, man, God, I really broke through something and I had no idea. It's funny about the transcript is, I mean, if I didn't have it, there would definitely be some things I didn't remember. But as I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, totally. I remember exactly what I was thinking when I said those words or uttered that prayer. So it's interesting in the combination of medicines that you use, you're not all there, but yet you are. I think that was, that was quite interesting that I was able to actually recall a lot of what happened even though I was in a really deep space. Uh, a curiosity that I had was, um, I've worked with a couple other facilitators, like our mutual friend, Harry, the healer, uh, and he'll typically work with MDA or MDMA and a much larger dose of psilocybin, you know, three and a half grams or so. So it's like, you know, your heart opens, you feel very safe from the, from the heart opener, and then it takes the edginess off like the big dose of mushrooms. And I've had some profoundly healing, transformative experiences with him doing that. But when we sat, it was only about one gram of mushrooms. So the visual component of the experience was was much more minimal. There wasn't like a lot of geometry and colors and all of the stuff that's akin to a psilocybin. I was curious why you use such a moderate dose of psilocybin. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the mushrooms, uh, friends, uh, it's like a mycelial network underneath the earth, like literally underground internet. It's how the trees communicate and they're f intelligent. Um, and so as below, so above, as within, so you know, without. So imagine like that mycelial network of interconnection, like when one tree is about to die, it knows exactly through the internet of the mycelium how to send energy and nutrients to that. And that's what I'm trying to build on, around the world is tribe. Right, and so they have this intelligence, interconnection, intercommunication, and uh, I, you know, I don't want to overpower the person with too many mushrooms because they they also can go into the lower fourth astral realm, which can get really crunch, crunchy. But I do want to add a little component of that um, intelligence uh, at a microdose level, and sometimes people can have more visuals with it as well. But I don't want it to overpower or take people into the crunchiness. So I, I specifically give a very little amount to hit, you know, once we're past the lower fourth astral realm, then it comes in and there's a little bit of visual component. And then also imagine like 
the underground mycelial network is like the neural pathways in the brain. And so it can help connect different parts of the brain. Um, and, and what's happening in here is also happening out there. So, you know, building tribe and community around this where it's all interconnected, where we can mimic the intelligence of nature in the mushrooms where one tribe is poor. There's not one poor person in the tribe. Why? Because as soon as that, there's a network, an infrastructure created where we can send energy to that because there's an abundance, um, right? And I think that these, uh, you know, the mycelial network has is uh, this uh, really intelligent way of communicating. Um, and that's happening in our body too and in our brain. So I like to add a little component, but not too much, not to draw people into the crunchiness, but just to add a little visual component of, um, you know, earth intelligence as well as interconnection. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. And the playlist was a really integral part of it too, which I'm always curious, you know, sometimes when you sit with someone, you just listen to your own playlist, you know, and my, I have a great playlist. It's like seven hours long, <laughs> but it's totally, I just put it on shuffle and I have no idea yeah, what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Sometimes there's some kind of weird tracks come in and you're like, oh, should I fast forward? I don't know if I can roll over, but yours, yours, your playlist, which I have and have listened to since, uh, seemed to be very much synchronized with the different levels of the medicine, right? It's like when the ketamine hits, you're kind of like in a different frequency of tunes than you are in the beginning or toward the end. Like how long did it take to refine the playlist so that it's timed perfectly with the medicine or was I just imagining that? No, 100%. Like the playlist is key. Music is key. And so, yeah, man, um, uh, you know, it was timed so that it starts with a very gentle into the heart. The first song is called Passage to Eden. And we want to get the person into their heart and then just like to mimic life. And then it slowly crescendos up once you're in the heart into, and every song is designed to bring out a different archetype. And so kind of mimic that journey where, and then you're coming into man right in the middle as soon as that, and you know, the heart medicine's kicking, you know, the brain is quiet. We know exactly, boom, here comes that song that is going to take you to Africa or take you to the galaxy or whatever it is, because it's important to also allow the warrior to live, to every archetype to live. And each song is designed to bring out a different archetype. Um, and a different archetype brings out a different memory or a different experience or a different, you know, um, location. So it was literally designed to start softly and go up, bring out different archetypes, um, but really be heart-centered playlist. And then, and then literally like, then kind of come take you back into your heart and into home and repeat that cycle three to four times. I, I have it only an hour playlist on purpose because I want people to develop cellular memory of this music at a multidimensional, high-frequency emotional state. Because I work with Alzheimer's patients and literally in a, as a attending... Alzheimer's patients literally forget their children's names. They forget all of these things, but the one thing they do not forget is music. You play them a playlist from their youth, they start dancing. And it's because music is stored in a different cellular memory area of, of, of a memory. And so now when the person comes out of the ceremony, they have literally like a cellular memory of this playlist at multidimensional high frequency. And just by doing breath work and putting on the eye mask and listening to the music, some people can literally go back into a similar space. And that's the whole goal of this ceremony is to strengthen the neural pathways and the connection to that person's soul. And so we want to leave them with as many integration tools, which music is one of them, breathwork is one, books and, you know, typing out your transcript, having the integration call um, and talking with other people who experience the ceremony. So yeah, the, the, and, and as soon as this healing thing takes off, my passion, like what I really want to do is uh, DJing and then playing music for people because I, th I really feel music uh, is going to save the world. If you want to heal anything, go to where it first started, which is sound. God said, let there be light. 
sound and light, which is also the language of our potential DNA. And so I have these dreams of being in front of large crowds of people and playing them in, you know, eternal life mantras infused into the music, flashing eternal life symbols. Symbols is also light and sound dancing with light warriors stationed all around, uh, holding down the grids and literally, you know, people jumping up and down at a high frequency, activating their potential DNA, reconnecting them to their higher self. And that's what this is all about. Reconnection, remembering the higher self. I'm envisioning this event and getting our mutual friend, uh, Jerry, oh, yeah. to make like a giant crowd-sized Rasha. <laughs> to like yes. blast everyone with the base 12 frequencies. Those listening, cool, uh, you might have remembered the show on the Rasha. We'll put it in the show notes at lukestory.com slash Sam. I know you have a Rasha. You're, you're a lucky man. Uh, I love incredible, that incredible technology. Shout out Dr. Jerry, man. Yeah. Incredible technology. So that's what I'm envisioning is like Rasha frequencies. With your DJing, I'm in. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's do I'm it. In. Tokyo Dome. Yeah, 100%. 10 years, let's do it. 100%. <laughs> um, going back to the psychiatry piece, are there counterindications for people that are still, you know, relying on uh, psychiatric medications? How, how does that work if you screen someone to, to do your protocol and they're like, I was on something called Effexor uh, a long time ago, which was a fucking nightmare. Um, but, you know, I hear different things when I've uh, signed up for different uh, retreats and things. They're like, hey, you got to let us know if you're on SSRIs and this and that. How do you approach that particular uh, nuanced issue for people? Yeah. Um, I, all I care about is the truth. And so the truth will set us free. And so like a lot of these textbooks and as the psychedelic renaissance starts happening, a lot of people are saying and the textbooks are saying, if you look at the literature, um, you have to be off of all serotonin boosting medications for at least two weeks before you have any type of plant medicine journey that's going to boost, if you want to call it, your um, serotonin levels. And it's based, once again, on fear, a fear that it's going to cause serotonin syndrome. And, you know, I've been a psychiatrist for 10 plus years. And uh, literally, I think there was, you know, people coming in on three or four different, five even different psychiatric serotonin boosting medications. <laughs> and, you know, throughout all those years, I never saw serotonin syndrome happen once. So I, I've seen close to it happen. Um, so I think it is important to be mindful of this warning that if there's too much serotonin in the body, something called serotonin syndrome could happen. And yeah, I think it's important to screen people and have a medical screening and, and make sure you're aware of what medications they're on and what these medications do and how it's going to synergize with, you know, um, uh, the, the ceremony that someone might choose to take. Uh, but I always, you know, refer to intuition and always uh, refer to it to be mindful of the 3D, be mindful of the uh, dopaminergic serotonin interactions, but also have this toolkit of all these things that can really help someone because that's what it's really all about. Like, how can I help this and serve this person from my toolkit? And so, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a maverick when it comes to that area. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I always do, you know, take into account um, those things. Cool, cool. Yeah. When, you, when you were uh, going through your mental health challenges, did you yeah. ever uh, try to yeah. solve it with psychiatric medication? Yeah, there was a time. And so, like, I'm not condemning Western meds because nothing is good or bad. And yeah, you know, um, when the pain of the symptoms, you know, actually, uh, the medicine is in the pain. It's, it's through the pain that we realize, uh, find the tools, unplug from the systems, the things, the thoughts, the words, the beliefs, the friends, the music that doesn't serve us anymore because we have that signal. It's a signal to us. 
oh, that something needs to change. And we plug into new systems, new ways, new, new music, new things that do serve us. So, uh, you know, actually in the cave we fear is the treasure we seek. So, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not a cure, but there was a time in my life where the pain was so severe, like the, the shame, the guilt, the low frequencies was so severe that I needed something to numb myself. And uh, during that time, you know, uh, yeah, I did take uh, psychiatric medications and it did help me numb myself just long enough um, to be able to make it through residency and to make it through and, and to become a psychiatrist. So I'm not condemning these medications, but I think uh, once again, informed consent is important. Yes, yeah, 70% of the times these SSRIs shut down the most powerful creative center on the planet, your second chakra. Yes, it's going to numb down your frontal lobe and numb the symptoms and continue to help you live in a sick society because you're numb and you can survive in this sick society because you're numb. But actually the sickness is not this is you necessarily, it's the society that's sick. So for people who really want to change and who really want to treat the root cause, probably not the right answer. But yeah, you know, informed consent for people who want to numb and survive in the society and just survive and, and you know, be able to make it through, not a bad option. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think back on that sometimes uh, with my experience, which was maybe a few months, and I was, I got very addicted. You know, if I ran out of that medication, I would start to lose my shit. And so I think of it as generally a, a negative experience, but I also don't know how bad I would have gotten if I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I might have gone off the rails totally. So maybe it was the best thing ever to get me to where I am now, you know, but it, it was, it was very challenging. I, I felt, way crazier on medication than I did without. But, you know, I didn't jump off a bridge, so there's that. Exactly. And, the, and, the, and I think the key there is informed consent, right? I hope none of these psychiatrists are really telling people, hey, this can be addictive and super hard to get off of, right? I think it's really important to just give them the information. These are the possible benefits. These are the possible risks. Here's the information. You make the decision. Yeah. See, my psychiatrist at the time, God, God bless him, didn't tell me about any of the potential risks and I got addicted to them. And then I don't know if I didn't have money or whatever to, to buy them. So he would get like the samples from the yeah, pharmaceutical yeah, company. Yeah. And this was like, you know, in Century City, $400 an hour in the high rise, like legit psychiatrist. It wasn't like, you know, a fly by night operation. And I would have to call the office and he would like leave samples like under the mailbox of the office building. I'd go over there in the middle <laughs> of the night, up, bro. Yeah, get yeah. my effects or, you know, yeah, it, was just, yeah. it was weird. I'm yeah. just like, doesn't this seem, even at the time, I was like, isn't this weird to him? It's like a drug deal, yeah. literally. Literally. It was, literally. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. dark. By now, many of you know the benefits of a ketogenic diet. It boosts cognition, endurance, and metabolic health. Now, I've tried to go keto, and it was just too hard for me to stay on the diet. I mean, avoiding carbs is much easier said than done. Thankfully, a couple years back, though, I learned about exogenous ketones. They are a ridiculously easy way to get all the benefits of going keto without the struggle. They give you on-demand ketones as a fuel while still being able to consume carbs if you choose. And the source I trust the most is Ketone IQ. It is hands down the best product I've found for physical energy and mental clarity, and it comes with zero side effects. Its main ingredient is called BDO, which is a molecule naturally found in foods like avocado, coconut, and honey. And it's backed up with so much research it makes my head spin. 
First, it's the most effective source to achieve and maintain the optimal ketone range for physically and cognitively demanding tasks. Second, it doesn't cause a spike in ketones, which can actually be detrimental. And the way it's converted in the body means you maintain significant ketone levels for several hours after taking it. The wizards over at HVMN have done some serious alchemy here with Ketone IQ. And here's how you can get some. Head over to hvmn.com Luke, and if you subscribe at checkout, you'll get 30% off. Again, that's hvmn.com Luke. So there's another thing that, that you're into, which I just recently learned I didn't know about you, is you got this, uh, this uh, thing going with peptides. And I, I'm a huge fan of peptides. I've been using them for years off and on, all kinds of different protocols. And I've talked about it a lot. I've done podcasts about it. But it's always been one of those things that's really frustrating for me to share with the audience because I really believe in their healing potential. But it's very difficult for the average person to get them. You got to know the right doctor and it's a, it's a whole thing. And it's very risky to just go online and buy them because they could be tainted and... Even just mixing them is difficult, even if you find a clean source. And a lot of the websites will go out of business because the regulations change and stuff. But when I first got them, they would come you know, in, the, in a powder form. And then I'd be online like looking in forums, trying to do the math. It's like fucking algebra, calculus to figure out how much of the water you fill in and then you know, the right dose. It just is very complicated and inaccessible for most people. And so when you reached out after we had met, you're like, oh, hey, I got this company called Practical Peptides. And like any person can just order them online. They come pre-mixed with the syringes, the alcohol swabs, instructions, and anyone can do it. I was like, okay, we need to talk about this. Because uh, that's a, I mean, I, you guys sent me some. I did a shot this morning of BPC-157 and what's the other one? CJC. CJC Epimorlin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it does me real good. Awesome. You know what I noticed with the BPC-157? Because sometimes you just take them and you're like, I think I feel good, but you, you don't really know. If I eat some weird food, like a bunch of gluten or something, and my gut gets wrecked, which you know if your gut's wrecked, if I do shots of the BPC-157, the next day my gut's back. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not recommending that people sure. go eat a bunch of bread <laughs> cheat or day, donuts. Cheat day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if I have a cheat day and I'm like, oh, uh, I'm feeling it, I get heartburn or just, you know, like uh, just bad digestion, I'll, yeah. I'll do some of that. And it just like... Boom. Thanks for letting me know, by the way. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. it works it's good to great. Know. It's yeah, a good, it's a good yeah. hack. Because I still love my pizza every once in a while, you know what I mean? Dude, me too. Allison loves pizza, which makes it hard for me to not love it. Uh, the other day, we crushed a whole... She bought it for herself. She's like, do you want a gluten-free pizza? And I was like, nah, because the gluten-free shit hurts my stomach worse oh, than gluten most of the time. I don't know what they're using in this uh, dough. She gets it in the car and I look over and I just... <laughs> I could, <laughs> That's what I, pizza does. Dude, yeah, yeah. I could... I literally yeah, no, I could not it. resist. No, I get it. Yeah. And I was fine, actually. But uh, on days where I'm not, um, I'll take a bunch of enzymes and things like that. Bioptimizers, company makes this stuff called... Uh, it's like an enzyme for gluten. It's called gluten away or something. And so I'll eat like 10 of those and crush some gluten. But anyway, to the peptides, uh, tell for people that don't know, what are they, uh, what are they used for and how, how'd you get involved with them? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to shout out Nicole, uh, co-owner of, of my company and, and Danielle. They've, they believe in this. And I've been hearing about peptides on podcasts and things like this. And uh, it's super conscious people who are talking about this. So that's how kind of always how I base it. It's like, what is the level of the consciousness for this person? And the product reflects the people. 
So the goal is to create a new global paradigm of mental health. And so um, I started learning about peptides. Oh, shoot. Like there's actually things out there that can help you repair your body, help you lose weight, help you gain muscle mass, help you uh, repair like injuries and help you heal faster like Wolverine shit. There's, there's this stuff out there and it works with your body's natural already existing hor- you know, hormones and also receptors. And so I was intrigued by that. And then, you know, what we started finding out is like, oh, it's really hard to get. Uh, it can be really expensive and you have to usually go see someone to get it. And so once you have a problem, you're like, okay, well, what's the solution? And so Nicole and, and Danielle, shout out, went to work and like, how can we make these affordable, accessible and help people with their health? And um, the end result of all of that is like, yeah, practical peptides. You can order it from your house. Um, it's more affordable than any other thing on the market that we're aware of. Um, oh, by far. That's the thing yeah. I forgot to mention. They're hella expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go order, oh, I'm going to get five vials. You're, it's like $1,800. I mean, it's like it's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and, then, and this is also high quality, like being formulated directly from, uh, you know, pharmacies that we trust, right? So it's all three of those things. We saw a problem and now we see a solution. And I feel like there's nothing more exciting than um, like the right idea at the right time. And I do feel like right now, the time for peptides to repair your gut. I mean, what is that really doing? You eat a meal and you take BBC, all of a sudden your gut feels fine, right? And it's working with your body, not against your body. And so we think like this is the right time for peptides, the right, and we think it can really help a lot of people. And we've we've tried to make it affordable, accessible, so they can order from their house. And we're seeing like testimonials come in. And that's the exciting part, man, because you see, yeah, okay, those shorts that didn't fit before they fit now. But it's also like, oh, the self-esteem that comes with that, like the confidence that comes with that. And that's what we're really excited about, changing lives through that. Oh, I saw it when I went on your site the first time. I didn't see it. And then I looked the other day. You have that peptide. I can never pronounce it. It's called semeglutide or something? Semaglutide. Yeah, semaglutide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that yeah. on your site, yeah. bro. Yeah. Uh, a, a doctor friend of mine sent yeah. me some of that because I, I gained all this weight. I was I, I stepped on the scale. I hadn't had a scale in years, but we got one, and I stepped on. I was like 198 pounds. I was like, what? I've been like 165 for 20 years Damn. or something, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, uh. And then I started looking at video because I'm on video all the time in the podcast and looking at pictures. So I was like, oh shit, I did get big. You <laughs> 30 know? pounds, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife, I mean, lovingly, but like, wow, honey, you're a little pooch. There's you look like you're four months pregnant i was like shit so homeboy sent me some of those i did like i don't know you do it four or five days a week you do one little shot subcutaneously and you're in fat somewhere which i had a lot of uh dude in two months i had lost 20 pounds wow i I didn't eat different i didn't exercise different i didn't Mm -hmm. do shit and you even came in today you're like bro did you lose weight that's what it looked like i guess well i'm even done with the peptides that was a while ago and i think i'm even losing weight after i stopped Mm. And some people said, because um, I've, you know, of course, looked it up to see if it was safe and all that. Uh, people said they had complaints about it making them nauseous and different side effects. Like, I felt absolutely fine. I had zero side effects. I just shed pounds. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys have that. Yeah. I don't man. think you're yeah. supposed to be on it all the time. So yeah. I'll wait until I get fat again. For and sure. then. It's good to know it's there. Yeah, it's good to know it's there, man. If I yeah, if I yeah. need to if I need to trim down again, if I get over, you know, pushing two bills, yeah. I'll uh, you know, I'll get some of those from your site. For sure. Man. Uh, for yeah. people that want to check that out, you can go to lukestory.com slash peptides, and then your team gave us a discount. Uh, if they use the code Luke, they get twelve percent off. So lukestory.com slash peptides. 
We'll also put that in the show notes at lukestory.com slash Sam, just to make it uh, easy for people. And then uh, talking to your team, they were talking about the possibility of some nasal, because right now it's injectables, which I have no problem with, but some people don't want to put a needle in themselves. You know, it's a tiny insulin needle. You don't even feel it, by the way. But uh, I heard uh, rumors of like nasal sprays and topicals. Is there any developments on that? Yeah, I think Nicole and Daniela are working on that. Uh, the team is working on that. And, and uh, man, they're crushing it. So like just shout out to Daniela and Nicole. Yeah, we're hoping to like literally evolve with the market and get it to as many people as possible, make it as accessible to as many people as possible, whether that's, you know, yeah, go to practical peptides and keep up because uh, as soon as it's available, we'll have it for you. Yeah, there because like I said, the first time I went, I think there were just two or three. And I was like, oh, those are the main ones anyway. And then I went back before an interview. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. They've been crushing These it, These guys man. have yeah. a whole suite going. So, yeah. so great job, uh, you know, and your team for pulling that together. Um, and so the process is you purchase the peptides, then you book a virtual consult, at which I didn't do because, you know, I got, I got the hookup from you guys. And then you get your peptides and then there's a video tutorial that tells you how to do it for people, you know, that are, that are new to it. Yeah. So you can order it from home and we love, like we're, 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 we want to scale this with, you know, coaches that really care and they know what they're doing and they believe in this product. So you're going to get hooked up to someone like that. Who's literally going to tell you like, yo, this is how you use it. This is what it does. And then, you know, you get a ship directly to you and yeah. And then you can literally experience it and then you can refill it from home if you want. And, uh, as far as we know, it's the most affordable one on the market right now. That is, yeah. by far is. And another thing that's dope is that they come pre-mixed. Because I'm telling you, that is really hard to figure out. If you suck at math, I can't even do math with a calculator. Like, literally, I can't do it. So it came pre-mixed. And also, when I first got into peptides years ago, like, I would order the wrong size needles off Amazon. They'd be too big and they would hurt. And then i get them too small and they were, you know, just, it's a nightmare if you're, you have a brain like me to figure it out. So it came with needles. It came with the, cot, the alcohol swabs and everything's pre-mixed. I'm like, dude, you literally open dude. it up and... and that, that's what I'm telling you. Like it's the amazing. divine feminine who have this gift, putting them in charge of the project, like, they, they, like, they do all... They, they think about all those details, man. So like, yeah, it's going to come pre-mixed with the syringes. Hopefully, like just ease, ease of use, man. I'm, I'm just like you. That's, that's what I appreciate. Yeah, me yeah. too. So well done. That's super exciting. I was really actually looking forward to sharing that with people because I've been getting messages from years like, what's up with the peptides? But, you know, they live in a small town somewhere or whatever. It's like going to their family, you know, doctor and they're like, what's a peptide? It's, like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just, it's only been for kind of, you know, elite athletes and biohackers and stuff. It's not, it's just not been accessible. I'm, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man, to make it more accessible. And I, I think that pe- more and more people are going to start learning about it. So yeah, I think for it, sure. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. Um, do, do you see any issues? Like I said, some of the sites that I've trusted before and purchased from, I'd be placing orders and spending way too much money. And then I would go back a few months later to reorder and their site would like be taken down, you know, regulatory stuff. Some of them were in Canada. It was like, I don't know, just kind of a murky, a murky gray area in terms of, um, in terms of regulations, kind of like the world of exosomes and, uh, and stem cells, you know, it's like FDA and, uh, and all of them, the three letter agencies are always kind of changing the rules and stuff. Do you guys foresee any issues with that as you're, you know, you're creating a viable company around this? I mean, is, is, the, is the runway looking pretty smooth for peptides yeah. at the moment? For, for right now, it looks really smooth. Um, and that's why I'm like, I keep shouting out Nicole and Danielle. They literally research this stuff. 
they they went in deep into this and they made it as smooth as possible in regulation with all of the three letter words and like in in harmony and alignment with all of that. So I trust I trust my team and so like they've literally gone deep into that. They spent you know energy, love, hours looking into that stuff, and so we feel good about it. We feel like we feel the runway smooth. We'll see, but you know you know um you know it's beautiful because like there's no problem, right? You have a goal, you want to get peptides to a lot of people. You keep that pure intention. You keep going towards it. Yeah, they come out with blocks. It's not really a block. It's just a lesson, blessing, and opportunity. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep moving forward. Learn the lesson and keep going. So I think, yeah, we, we feel good about it. Right? Trying to get it out to as many people as possible. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm going to keep yeah. on them as long as I can. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. I got a question for you here. It's three parts. Who have been three teachers or teachings, philosophies, anything that have influenced your life and your work that you'd like to share with us? That, man, thank you for asking this. Um, Number one teacher in my life at the age of 16 years old, I fell in love. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a pastor's son, so I've heard about Jesus, sang songs about Jesus, uh, went to church. Uh, but I never really like actually felt a personal relationship until I was 16. And, uh, you know, on, at the age of 16 on a mission trip in Honduras, man, like I felt the love of Jesus. And it changed my entire life. Like I became a youth pastor, quit the basketball team and went on this full on writing love songs to Jesus at night. Uh, and so this extreme real fire of, of love came through, through Jesus when I was a kid um, and, you know, became a youth pastor for a while, was a religion major in college. And then, uh, you know, I became lukewarm. Uh, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I was the most innocent 22-year-old kid ever, like, because I was like so into Jesus. Like, I would just play basketball, study, and dream of being a medical missionary. I hadn't experienced anything in the world. And like, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I'd rather have you be cold than lukewarm. And I, and I lost this fire for Jesus. And so it's been this crazy, most epic love story I've had with this, this figure, this archetype, this beautiful man who walked this earth called Jesus. And um, yeah, and then I, for 10 years, I, I went cold and I tried everything the world had to offer. And then I started asking the question, what did Jesus do from the ages of 12 to 30? Okay, all the Bible says, he, here he is, he's at the temple, he's impressing the pastors with his verb, verbiage and his knowledge. And then all of a sudden, his parents lose him. They come back, where were you? Don't you know I'd be about my father's business? And all it says is he grew in wisdom and favor with stature with man and with God. Nothing written about 12 to 30. He comes back at 30. All of a sudden, he knows how to walk on water. He knows how to turn water into wine. He knows who his homies are, his soul family. Uh, and he doesn't choose church kids. He chooses tatted up cussing fishermen and tax collectors. He hangs out with prostitutes. One time he mindfully, you know, braids a whip. And I don't think he was whipping people, but his warrior comes out and he, you turn my father's house, a prayer of, into a business. And he, he had a warrior. And then he commands people Heal the sick, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. It's in red. And then, you know, he knows what, exactly what his mission and his divine purpose is. And so I started getting really curious. Like, okay, what did he do from 12 to 30? You ask, oh, he was in his father's carpet shop. Oh, really? That's where he learned how to walk on water? And I started tracing his footsteps. Oh, in India. Oh, in Tibet. What was he learning? And I started, because I was so in love with this figure that I started retracing his footsteps and learning the things, the Tibetan Buddhism. Oh, shoot, the yoga of Jesus, reading all these multiple perspectives and trying to follow in his footsteps because he was like my hero. He was my first teacher. It was like my first love. 
And and then, you know, I started retracing. And then there was a certain point where I started going into the eternal life wisdom. There's records of him in Egypt learning the eternal life wisdom, Kalantic science, the science of the 12 strand of DNA, that you are the inner Christ. Activate your 12 strand of DNA, which is your inner Christ avatar. And I started like, oh, and the language of the potential DNA is actually frequency, sound and light and symbols. And so this wild love affair that I had with Jesus led me to this knowing that his true message was actually, you are the inner Christ. And by tracing in his footsteps, I found the eternal life wisdom. And the whole time, this love affair with Jesus was pointing back to me saying, you are the Christ. The same things I have done, you shall do an even greater. And then all of these words that I started reading about Jesus started making sense to me, not, not just because they were in red, because I had experienced it. Oh, the eternal living water that he talks about that he offered the woman, the Samaritan woman. Oh, there's actually a science of pre-eternal living water hydrolase that you activate through early morning sun gazing in certain sound tones and frequencies. And you can start producing from your fourth duct uh, pre-eternal living water hydrolase that if you drink of it, then the water in your body, we are water, uh, it turns into, it merges with your spirit body, which merges with your life body, which merges with your, and then you can transmigrate and you, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, you don't have to die. And all these words started making sense to me now. Um, and that has been my greatest teacher, this amazing <laughs> love affair that I have with Jesus Christ. That's, uh, yeah. that might, I've uh, asked that question uh, probably 580 times. Yeah. That might be my favorite answer yet. You only got to one. Yeah, that was one. Yeah. That's deep, bro. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to have to really <laughs> contemplate that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. that though, you know, the, the full circle moment. I was not raised with any kind of religion or anything. Uh, just I never never got into it. Was never exposed to it. Um, so I'm very malleable and open minded to all different teachings, which is cool. But I also don't really have an anchor, other than probably just the concept of non duality. That's the one thing that I kind of always come back to, which we've talked about in different ways today. But um, I find that a lot of people, when they're really when a religion, Christianity or any other is kind of forced upon them through their culture or their, their upbringing that they defect and they never come back, right? It's kind of rare, it seems, that someone sort of gets lost out there in the wilderness and then doesn't even necessarily come back. But what you just described to me is like you found an even greater understanding and, and experiential relationship with yeah. with it right yeah yeah it's interesting yeah full circle that's very uh, cool full circle in fact i actually have a really really special place in my heart for the people who come from church from religion who are programmed just like i was and i'm not saying it's bad if you can find that golden thread of unconditional love that runs through all that connects all of the religions like awesome like my mom she's probably my second most uh, beautiful teacher because she taught me the closest reflection of Jesus' love that, you know, and she gave me that unconditional love growing up and she was a model of Jesus' love for me. So that's probably my second greatest teacher, but I also really appreciate, um, and I used to envy, but not anymore, but like people who are born without that programming, with that blank slate, like, because I feel like that's having that open mind and that ability to like not be programmed and to learn and like everything is the teacher. I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful gift uh, in this lifetime as well. All right, so... Yeah. Christ consciousness, yeah. moms, what's your third? Yeah, my third greatest teacher, uh, you know, um, shout out Dr. Joseph Michael Levery. He loved me. Uh, he, he saw the best in me when I couldn't see myself. He believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. He gave me a spiritual practice which catalyzed my remembering and my growth. And yeah, there comes a time in your life where you have to cut cords with your spiritual teacher and become your own you know, guru, G-U-R-U. 
and 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 you you realize that you self realize that he did everything he could um, with what he had, and you know, there's differences of opinions now in, in, in philosophies and things like that. But yeah, I, I just really want to send a lot of gratitude and love to you know my greatest spiritual teacher in this lifetime, Dr. Joseph Michael Levery, who who loved me when you know I didn't even love myself. He believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself, um, and he tailored message specific messages straight for me and he believed in me and that's why i am where i am um yeah and so yeah dr joseph michael levery um he reminds me of like a spiritual moses man like this man has the power of moses like so much spiritual power running through this man um yeah and one time i I, like the first time i met him like he invited me in and he asked what's your birthday and you're smiling oh you know and he like okay you're born on this day and like literally for an hour he went off and he told me about myself. And I didn't know anything at the time about astrology or anything. And he told me about what was going to happen in my life. And he didn't like give me specifics, but he said, yo, this was like every single word that Dr. Levy spoke is starting to happen. And so uh, for that, I'm eternally grateful. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is this like a public figure that one could look up and we could put him in the show notes, or is he an obscure uh, no, private yeah, citizen? He's he's, he's uh, you know he's he's a, he's a live living transmission oh, okay. teacher. Um, you know cool. he he's alive. He's in L.A. somewhere. I think I believe oh, okay. he's traveling the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you when you came back to uh, your relationship with Jesus in in the way that you described. Uh, was that unifying with your parents, uh, assuming they still practice and go to church? You said your dad was a pastor. Uh, you know, have you reconnected and like, ah, oh, you guys had part of that, right? Even yeah. though, you know, there's yeah. some programming in there. Or, you know, do they understand yeah. what you do in the world or do they think you're nuts? I love this question, bro. I'm so happy you went here. Um, they, like, they do not understand anything really necessarily about the work that I do. Um, Are they aware of it? They're aware. They're okay. aware. Like, I, I tell them enough. Um, where they're aware, but I'm praying in my dream. One of my dreams, man, is I'm praying and hoping, right, uh, that one day I'll be able to like literally sit with them in ceremony. And, like oh, the chances of that happening, it would take a miracle. But like I pray for that because you literally like you know, um, yeah, I love my parents. I, I believe that they completed their mission. Uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. But yeah, some of the most ancient souls uh, agree to be born into specific lineages. And, you know, this, this world calls them the black sheep. But actually, they're there to be born to be different. To, uh, to take the DNA lineage 7 to 11 generations back, not to mention the quantum field. And to heal the trauma, to heal the programming, to deprogram the programming. And as to that family, they seem like a black sheep. But in all actuality, the black sheep becomes the goat, the greatest of all time. And so when we're on the <laughs> other side, we will be able to see the truth that, yo, actually, like every family has one of these beautiful, amazing ancient souls that is born. So, you know, right now I'm just praying. I love them. I accept them for who they are. We've never been better. But like they don't understand when I talk about like the real words of Jesus, like, mom, hey, yo, like, who in church right now is actually going and healing the sick, raising the dead? Oh, this mom in one of my ceremonies like four weeks ago, like this brother Spine was, you know, he's he's walking again. Like, you know, like, so they don't get it. Uh, they yeah. don't understand what they don't understand, which is fine. But like, yeah, I, I feel like the, the story of Jesus is just getting started. And I pray my parents live a long, healthy life because in the next 20 years, I feel like a lot of cool stuff is going to happen. And I think these are going to come full circle. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for the work you do in the world. Thank yeah, you man. for being my friend, my guide. 
And thank you for joining us on another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. It's a joy and an honor, man. And I also wanted to just say to you, man, thank you. Thank you for being born, man. Um, holding space with your soul was an absolute pleasure. And I don't, I don't know if any, everybody else who hears your podcast really understands, because I didn't really understand the nature of your soul and your commitment um, to do things with virtue, with purity, um, in, in all aspects of your life. And, and to really, you know, do things the right way, man. And when, as I was listening to your soul pray for four to five hours, man, my soul was inspired. Wow, this brother is committed to love and purity. And uh, my soul is resonating with that. So thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.